All right, well, good morning and uh, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, we're going to continue talking about uh, the gifts of the Spirit. And um, as I kind of always say, if you missed any of the previous teachings or online, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. Actually, last week's teaching is not yet online, but I believe it will be soon. Um, so we're going to get a double online this week, I hope. Um, again, the, the intention of this series is, is a building up of remnant of Israel and our understanding of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, how they should be, how the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit, should be regularly manifesting themselves in our congregation and in our individual lives. And so we're, we're talking uh, about the gifts, and we started with the gift of prophecy. Um, this is what we've been talking about. This is actually the third message on the gift of prophecy. Um, and, and in my first message, uh, I defined prophecy in that message. as a, a, That definition that I gave you was a, a human report of a revelation God spontaneously brings to mind. A human report of a revelation that God spontaneously brings to mind. And so I, in that talk, I... That message, I said that uh, prophecy can be both uh, descriptive and predictive, or both. Um, I gave you three purposes for prophecy. That is edification. That's first and foremost, edification. Okay. Uh, conviction was the second one. And then um, direction or confirmation is the third purpose for prophecy. Um, and then I ended that message with some words of caution against uh, a spiritual or prophetic confirmation bias in that message. So, uh, cautioning against that. Now, in, in last week's message, um, I gave you then four things to pursue that we must pursue concurrent with the gift of prophecy. So, I, I shared with you the mnemonic of golf, um, which was God and opportunity and love and faith. And to pursue those four things, I was... I was talking with uh, Modesto afterwards, and he gave me a better one. Um, so thank you, Modesto. Um, he, he, he shared with me, uh, if we said, well, if we use W for walk, your walk of faith, or walking in faith, your walk of faith, then we can remember glow, your God, love, opportunity, and your walk of faith. Um, so glow. So I think that's a great mnemonic, uh, whichever helps you to remember um, those things that we need to be pursuing alongside the gift of prophecy. Um, I'd encourage you to use whatever uh, helps you to remember that. Um, but just to recap those four items, um, again, we must pursue God because God is the giver of the gift. We pursue the giver above the gift, okay? Um, he, and he warns us, too, about pursuing prophetic outside of him. And at the same time, uh, as we walk with God, we, we continue to mature in our faith, in our walk with God, such that we handle the prophetic message with maturity. And, uh, and <clears throat> so we, we pursue God and, and our maturity in our walk with God. We pursue agape love. We, and, and I uh, had a sermon some time ago, uh, probably within the last couple of months, about love and agape love, 1 Corinthians 13. And, uh, and how that is greater than prophecy, it says. Greater than prophecy, greater than the spiritual gifts. And so we pursue love, and, and we pursue doing things in love, and even prophesying in love, that we must do that in love. We pursue faith, because it's that standard of faith in our Messiah Yeshua, 
that all prophecy must be evaluated by. And it's our faith and the faith of others that is built up, that's encouraged when the prophetic is used correctly. And then finally, we must pursue opportunity because prophecy is a gift that doesn't happen if you don't use it. If you don't try and use it, you pursue the opportunities for God to use you in that. Um, it, it, it can be trained in a way um, when, you're, when you're responding to God and, and letting him use you in that. So today, we're going to kind of get into some practical implementation of the gift of prophecy, both at a personal and a congregational level. Um, we're going to cover some, some of the stuff we're going to cover at a really high level. Um, it could take hours to really unpack it. First of all, we're going to talk about um, how do we get started practicing the prophetic, and two is um, how we practice both giving and receiving prophetic words. And so I'm going to, this is really a, you know, put it into practice message. Um, it's going to be a brief message, though, because I want to give some time at the end for a couple of our members. I've already spoken to them. I've asked them to come and share with us, um, to share with us about their experience, both giving and receiving prophetic messages. So I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say. Um, I gave them some general guidance, but I don't know what they're going to tell us today. So, um, so I'm excited for that. Um, before I get into the practicality, I want to I read from Scripture from Numbers 11. Um, I've been reading in Numbers recently, and uh, in Numbers 11 I was reminded of, of this story of the 70 elders that are to share the burden with Moses. And uh, so starting in, in Numbers 11, verse 16, we know that, uh, that the load is too heavy for Moses. And, and Adonai said to Moses, Bring me 70 of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and their leaders. Take them to the tent of meeting, so they may stand with you there. Then I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the ruach, some of the spirit that is on you, and place it on them. They will carry with you the burden of the people, so you will not be carrying it alone. And if you skip down to verse 24, So Moses went out and told the people Adonai's words. He gathered 70 of the elders of the people and had them stand around the tent. Adonai descended on the cloud, in the cloud and spoke with, them, with him. He took some of the ruach that was on him, and placed on each of the 70 elders. And so it happened that when the Ruach first rested on them, they prophesied, but never again. Two men, however, remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. The Ruach rested on them. They were among those who listed, but had not gone out to the tent. So they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses since his youth, cried out and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous on my behalf? If only Adonai would make all the people prophets. If only Adonai would put the spear on all of them. I'm going to stop there and uh, say, you know, the context of that, the people of Israel were complaining, as is often documented in the book of Numbers. I was sharing with others recently how you're just reading through the book of Numbers and it's like, you know, Israel complains, God punishes, rinse and repeat. It's just like a continual cycle. They're complaining and this time they wanted meat to eat. That's the context of this. So God said he would give them meat until it came out of their nostrils and, they, and it was a stench to them. It was loathsome to them. 
And Moses questioned God's ability to do this. Moses questioned God's ability to do this. After all that he'd seen God do, he questioned his ability to do this. And God said, is Adonai's arm too short? Now you're going to see whether this word will come true for you or not. And then God demonstrated the power of the Spirit on the elders. And after that, he provided the quail for them to eat. And that's kind of the context of all this happening. Okay, so as I share the practical steps today and in starting into prophetic, remember that ultimately it is God who starts the prophetic in you. It is God who initiates that. It's not something that any one per person can force or can create on their own. Um, so I'm sharing with you steps of preparation to prepare yourself and how to handle it when, when a prophetic word is given. Um, but ultimately, the giving of, prophetic, of a prophetic word is up to God alone. It's not up to any person. So just keep that in mind uh, to begin with. So now let's talk about getting started in the prophetic. And again, I'm going to tell you that there's not a formula here. There is no formula. Um, there's no you know, four-step process that you know, automatically you do this and you're given prophetic words and everything works out. There's nothing like that. Um, God's gifts don't work that way. So what I'm giving you, there, there are things that we should be doing in our walk as disciples of Yeshua anyway, um, and, and, but they're how, how we do uh, start in the prophetic. So there's five things I'm going to share with you. So just five, five simple things. Um, you could write this list out, and, you, and again, they're so short and simple, um, you don't even need a large piece of paper to write this down. Okay, so the first thing to get started in the prophetic is to read God's word a lot. Read God's word a lot. Um, when you're immersed in God's word, you're going to have a much better filter for hearing God's voice. This is because you know, God's voice in a prophetic message is going to sound a lot like his word. It's going to be aligned with his word. It's going to be aligned with the Bible. So we should be in the Word of God every day. We should be in it daily and asking God to speak to us through it. And also asking God to use us to share His words with other people. And sometimes the words that we share with others are going to be directly Scripture. I think oftentimes they're going to be directly Scripture. That we're just going to be sharing a Scripture with somebody and saying, does this verse mean something to you? Sharing with them that, and or saying, I think God wanted me to tell you this verse, and uh, and and sharing that with them. <clears throat> and sometimes it won't be a verse, though. Sometimes it's going to be a special revelation, a special word of knowledge, maybe for that another person uh, or a group of people. But that word of knowledge, that special revelation, is going to line up with Scripture too. It's not ever going to go against Scripture. So, being in God's Word is going to help you filter that. Um, and and after all, we also need to remember that. All prophecy has to be evaluated against God's word. So, again, it's going to help you have that filter and understanding of what you're hearing and understanding that it is from God. So that's your first, <clears throat> first practical step is to be reading God's word. We have to be reading God's word. The second one uh, goes right along with it, and that's to pray a lot. To pray a lot. Pray continually, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray before you meet with other believers. Pray before you come here. Pray before you go to a, a prayer gathering, a, 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 like a, another prayer gathering, a poorhouse um, event that we have. Uh, pray before you go out of the house. Pray before you see your spouse, before you see your kids for the day. Um, ask 
God's specific things when you pray. Um, this is not just, you know, thank you, God, for this new day. You know, may I have a good day today kind of prayer. We're saying, hey, you know, God, will you use me prophetically? Will you use me prophetically in love and in faith? Will you, will you give me opportunities to glorify you today, to build your kingdom today? Will you give me a word, God? Will you give me a picture? Will you give me an insight to encourage someone, to bless someone that, I'm, that you're going to bring me, have an encounter with? Okay. Will you help me understand in any situation that I'm entering into today what you want me to know about this situation and what you want me to do in that situation? Whether it's giving a prophetic word or taking a certain action. And then being open to God using you. Just expecting that you, you are asking God to use you, and now you're expecting God, then you walk with that expectation for the opportunities all day long. Where's God going to use me? What's he going to do? And, and expecting and keeping your ears open, your, eyes, your ears listening, your eyes open, watching, listening, seeing what is God going to do for you, do through you, allowing you to use, to allowing him, him to use you in his glory. So, I will tell you that the pursuit of prophecy looks a lot like being in God's word and it looks a lot like praying. It looks a lot like prayer. That's, that's the second one. The third one really goes along with prayer and that's to be quiet. <laughs> and what I mean when I say that is if you want someone to speak to you, at some point you have to stop talking and you have to listen. And it's the same with God. We have to stop just, stop just talking and just listening, okay? So we have to have intentional time that we're just learning to listen to God's voice. And so we know what he's saying to us. Now, eventually, as you attu get attuned to that, those quiet moments where we're hearing God's voice um, will be the turning to those times when we're in the moment of ministering to someone, and we'll hear God's voice, because we'll know how to hear God's voice. We'll know how to have listened, because we've attuned to that. And, and, and it can be a, a very quick thing, and not just something that you have to have like this dedicated space, like this quiet, you know, everybody leave me for an hour so I can listen to God kind of thing, but it can be a very quick thing. And, I, and I've seen this happen with, with people before, those who are more mature and, and practicing in this and, and listening to God's voice. Their, their quietness, their ability to, to tune everything else out and listen to God's voice um, becomes a very fast thing for them too as they're ministering to people. So, so we have to read God's word, we have to pray, and we have to be quiet and listen. Okay? The, the fourth thing, fourth step I'm going to share with you, this is a step that uh, I'll say is for when you share or sharing with a group, okay, um, not necessarily sharing individually, person to person, um, or maybe when you're sharing individually, person to person, this is a step that uh, may not be as necessary as you gain experience, okay. But this fourth step is called get input, okay, get input. And what I mean when I say that is that you know after you you pray and you're ready to step out, you're ready to. You're ready, to, you're ready to share something because you, 
to share with somebody something you've heard, you know, you, you've prayed, you've been quiet, you've heard God's voice, and, and you feel like you have a word from God, you want to get some feedback on that. Um, so before sharing with a larger group, consider sharing your prophetic word with one or two other mature believers who really understand the prophetic, really um, know and understand the gifts and are able to, to weigh it if it's to be shared right now, in this very moment, or with this group. Um, you might be hearing a genuine word from God that's not for right now. And that's okay. You might be hearing something that's not for right now, but it's for another time. You might be hearing a word that's for a specific person, but not for the whole group. And that you should tell that person later. And so that's why when we have a time for sharing prophecy here at Remnant of Israel, we use a prophetic moderator, someone who you can go and talk with first before sharing it with the larger group. It's the reason for having a prophetic moderator. So again, that's a step that you're not necessarily going to use when sharing something individually person to person, or as you gain more and more uh, experience sharing with the prophetic. But even even still with very, very large groups, even if you're very experienced in sharing prophetic, um, generally you would go through a prophetic moderator um, just to make sure that it's appropriate for the situation, that they also are understanding God's desire for you to share that with the, uh, the rest of the group at large. So that's the fourth step is to get input. And the fifth step is to step out in faith to share, but keep it short. Okay, share, but keep, in, but keep it short. So as you pray, as you listen, as you get input, you're going to step out and share with someone or some people what God has given to you. And your word does not need to be long. Okay, it does not need to be lengthy. In fact, some people sharing prophetic words, uh, they feel the need to add commentary. They need to, they need to make it a teaching moment. They, they get the microphone, and they're like, oh, I got the mic. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. You know, and that's, that's not what we want, okay? That's wrong, okay? So I'm encouraging you to resist that urge. Uh, we need to say exactly what God said, and don't add to it. We don't elaborate on it. We just say what God said. And it's probably going to be short. And, then, and, and, and it might not even make sense to you, too. Okay? You might not even know why you need to say what, what you're saying. And you're just, you're just going to share. And then you're going to be done. Okay? You're going to walk away. Because it's not your job to add an interpretation or add an, an application to it, necessarily. Unless you feel like God is telling you very specifically that application or that interpretation, okay? But in general, it's not our job to do that when we're sharing something prophetic. So you, you've probably heard of like the, uh, the mnemonic kiss, keep it simple, silly or stupid or whatever. I'm going to go kiss, keep it, keep it short, prophet, okay? <laughs> keep it short. Um, you don't, it does not need to be long. So those are your five steps, okay? Being in the Word, praying, right? <clears throat> Being quiet, getting input, and then stepping out in faith, but keeping it short. So those five things are, are steps in, in sharing the prophetic 
uh, or getting started into prophetic, but um, I just want to give you some additional things to keep in mind as you're going to share a prophetic word. Okay, the first is to then remember what is God's purpose for prophecy. Again, I shared with you the three purposes, right? But it, all spiritual gifts have the purpose of edification first and foremost, right? I've also shared with you prophecy being for conviction or direction and confirmation. And so keeping that purpose in mind and making sure that that, that purpose, that those words actually are aligned with that purpose. For, those words for that person are aligned with that purpose. If they're not, that might not be a prophetic word for them, okay? So that's first one. Remember, keep in mind the purpose of prophecy, too, is to ask God if he wants you to share it. Um, now, that sounds simple, but sometimes God's going to give you a word, give you a, something in your mind that's for you. It might just be for you, it, or it might be for others, but it's for later. So just ask God if, if He's ready for you to share this, or if you need to share it, okay? The, the third thing is to not to presume that you know the interpretation or the application. Um, again, I kind of shared that a little bit ago, um, but just remember that it's not, that's not our job, right? Um, I've shared with you about the story of Agabus, the prophet who prophesied about the belt of Paul, uh, and being and whoever own, the owner of this belt would be bound when he went to Jerusalem, um, he would be arrested. And and again, the people they un understood Agabus's word there, and and they <clears throat> applied it, and they said, "Oh, you shouldn't go to Jerusalem." But they were wrong. Paul was ready to go to Jerusalem. He was ready to be arrested, and. And uh, the, the word from the Spirit was right. The prophetic word was correct, but the application was wrong. So don't presume that you know the application, because sometimes our natural inclination for application is, is not correct there. That we have that clear example from Scripture. Okay, and then, so that's the third one. Fourth, and this is related to the last one, so just as we should not presume things, um, we should also share with humility with other people. Um, so, you know, we are commanded not to be puffed up. We're commanded not to be conceited with one another. So, remembering that a person sharing a prophetic word um, and having a prophetic word, that's not a sign of any spiritual greatness or maturity or superiority. Remember, this is just God's gift to us. We are delivery agents. Okay? We're messengers. All we have to do is deliver the package and walk away. We don't have to, there's nothing, we're not, we're not the important ones if we have a message. So we have to be humble about it. And in addition to being humble about it, we have to be careful. This is number five. If, about sharing a convicting or correcting prophetic word. Be very careful about this. Now, um, now the prophet Nathan, he did this successfully with King David, right? He shared a, a corrective prophetic word with King David. Um, he did this successfully. We might have, you might be given, a convicting or correcting prophetic word for another person. Be careful to share that with, care, with gentleness, okay? We have to be, it should be caring and loving in the way we share with one another. Um, 
Um, my warning for you is don't prophesy to people you're angry with. Don't prophesy to people you're in conflict with. If you're angry or in conflict with, um, with someone else, then you need to go and be reconciled to that brother, to that sister. Matthew 5, 23 and 24 tells us to be reconciled with our brother before taking our gift to the altar. Um, we, need to, we need to do that. If we're not reconciled with the Lord, we're not reconciled with that brother or sister, that's not going to come across as edification when we, when we go and share a prophetic word with them. That's going to come across as vindication. Okay, It's not going to go well. Um, and also, I will tell you that our hearts are deceitful above all else, Scripture tells us. And, and so when, when we're angry with another person, we get all kinds of words, all kinds of impressions about that other person that are not right because we're just upset with them. So don't trust those. Don't think, well, I got a prophetic word for you. <laughs> Listen up here. Okay. That's not, what, that's not the right time. Okay. And uh, as spouses, let's not use prophetic words to nudge our spouse to do something. Uh, that's not what prophecy is for. Um, that's going to come across as nagging. That's, that's not edification. Uh, so let's not do that, spouses, with one another. Uh, the sixth uh, tip to, is to avoid using uh, thus says the Lord um, kind of language when we share. Um, remember, uh, prophetic words all have to be evaluated uh, against Scripture. So you could be wrong. You could be mishearing uh, God. Um, and so... I mean, if you go and share something, thus says the Lord, and you're wrong, like that, that really comes across as, uh, as conceited. Um, I would say just be careful about that. Uh, you might couch it and say, you know, I, I feel like I hear the Lord saying this. Um, I have this verse. I have this picture. This impression I think is for you. Uh, and it helps, this helps us to remember that this is not about us. Um, we're just reporting what we think that we heard, that we understand, that we heard, and... Um, then we can ask if it makes sense or impacts them. Um, this is really opposed to saying to someone, you know, I have a word for you. You need to listen up. This is what the Lord is saying. Um, there might be situations for that, okay? There might be, but more often than not, I would say it's probably not going to be that overt and for another person to say that to you or for you to say that to them. So that's the sixth one, is avoiding the thus says the Lord. And the seventh idea is that, uh, or tip is that uh, not every person needs to share a prophetic word, okay? Um, the gift of prophecy is something that we should all desire. And just as we read in Numbers, that uh, we want every person to have that gift. Just as Moses said, would that all God's people prophesy. And we want that, that all are to prophesy. Um, but sometimes prophecy can get contagious, too. And uh, you get a few people start sharing, and then suddenly everybody's got something to share. You know, it's like everybody wants, needs to share a prophecy. And I will, I'll say that when I read 1 Corinthians 14.29, um, where it says, it's giving kind of more practical instructions for being in the service, and it says to let two or three people share, that I, I get the idea that or I get the sense that the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying that, that uh, what needs to be said can be taken care of through a couple of people. What the Holy Spirit wants to share with the congregation can be shared through a couple of people. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lisa, if you didn't hear what she said, that sometimes multiple people will hear the same thing from God in, in wanting to share with a larger group. And sometimes when one person shares it, and maybe you've heard the same thing from God, that's confirming to you and to each other. So you, you don't necessarily need to also share the same thing, but you are also built up in your faith by hearing that confirmation that that person just shared as well. So you're, you are correct. Um, so, so even if we implement a practice of having, you know, two or three people sharing on any given week, um, what it means is we shouldn't just then be in a race to be the first one to share. Like, oh, well, I didn't get to share last week. I'm going to share this week. I got to get there first. <laughs> I'm going to go get in line before service starts. Wait. <laughs> I'm going to wait. God's going to give me something. I'm going to be first. <laughs> no, um, this is not about us. So trust that God's going to give you something in his timing um, to share a word. You may not have something every week, every day. Um, the pro- prophecy is a gift that comes, it, it goes. It, you may have a flurry of prophetic words and then have nothing for a, a, a season, a period. It's a gift that God gives as he wills, not as we will. We can't force it, but, but, but we want to always be open and receptive to God using us in a prophetic word, in, in a prophetic way. And so it might be multiple times in a day, and, it might, and then it might not be for a season. But we always need to be ready and willing to share. But, but in a congregational setting, we get the idea that not everyone needs to share, that God can share with the congregation what he's wanting to share with just a couple of people um, in any given gathering. So that's really the meat of what I wanted to share with you today um, as far as sharing prophetic words. Um, as far as receiving prophetic words, just a couple of things before... Um, I'm going to then have some others come and share their experiences. Um, as far as receiving prophetic words, first I would just want you to uh, remember that uh, when someone gives you an accurate prophetic message, and I've shared this before, but when someone gives you an accurate, accurate prophetic word for yourself, um, make sure that it's not enamoring you with that person. Okay? Uh, that person who prophesied, because we should not hear a prophetic word and be amazed by the prophet. We are impressed by God. God is the one who's given the word. Again, that prophet is just the messenger, okay? We're not impressed by them. We're impressed by God. Praise the Lord. So that's the first one. When you're receiving one, just receive it humbly and not being impressed by them. Thank them, but praise the Lord for the word that he's given you. The second one is to remember that, um, and this is more for in a group setting, when someone gives a group a prophetic message is that when you're receiving that, the word might not be for you. Okay? It might not be for you. So um, if you're in a congregation and someone shares a prophetic word and that word's just like, it's just kind of falling flat on you, it's probably not for you. But it might be for the person next to you. It might have had a really big impact on that person who's sitting right next to you. And the word is for them, but not for you. And that's okay. So just remember that if you're in a group setting and someone shares a prophetic word, it might be for you, it might not be. But allow that to be shared and, and, and you don't have to denigrate it and, or criticize the person and say, well, that, that wasn't a prophetic word because it didn't mean anything to me. Well, maybe not. But it might 
might, might have to somebody else who's in the room with you or sitting right next to you, okay? Um, the third thing about receiving a prophetic message is just, and this is the last one I'm going to share, is that uh, the prophetic word that you've received, it might be for another time. And what I mean when I say that is that someone might share a very true prophetic word for you that you don't fully understand right then and there. Um, it's possible that you're going to grasp that message later that day, later that week, later that month, later that year, maybe in a few years. I don't know. Um, just be patient, though, and wait upon the Lord and let him reveal his mysteries to you as you need them. Um, when he's going to reveal that prophetic word to you. So don't think that you need to have an instant understanding of a prophetic word. Sometimes you will, but that doesn't mean you always will. Um, you might hear uh, someone might give you a direct prophetic word, and you might not understand it right then and there, but it will come to fruition later, and I trust that God will give you that understanding later as you um, continue to walk with him. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. So I'm going to close... Um, and these practical steps that you can take in pursuing the gift of prophecy, again, pursuing God, love, faith, and opportunity, as I shared last week. Um, this week I'm sharing with you to read the word, to pray, to listen, to get input, to step out in faith, but keep it short, and keeping in mind God's intention for the prophetic word, to be encouraging to others, to sharing with humility, and uh, just remembering that when we give and when we receive a prophetic word, that we give glory and honor to God. Okay? That he's the one who's giving us these good gifts. So, with that all said, I, I have asked uh, first Annette, I'm going to ask Annette to come and share with us. What I, I've, the direction, just so you know what I've given to you, is, as Annette comes forward, what I've given to these who have I, I've asked to share today is I've, I've asked them to share um, either some general thoughts about how they have processed or gone through a process of, of giving and receiving prophetic words, or to share an experience um, specifically that maybe they have had when someone has given them a prophetic word or God has used them as a delivery agent for a prophetic word. So I hope you're encouraged by what um, these individuals have to say, and you might be even inspired to share your story. Um, we're going to stick with a few of these stories this morning, and then maybe in a future time, um, if you have a story to share that God really is inspiring you to share about a prophetic word, definitely uh, come to me and let me know. Um, we may need to have another time where we are sharing what God is doing. So, Annette, I'll let you start. Well, I didn't expect to be up here today. <laughs> and um, so I was thinking because during our walk with the Lord, my husband and I had received many um, words that led to our direction and what we did for the rest of our lives. And I can't share all those. <laughs> it would be too long. <laughs> um, so what I thought I would do is, is summarize. My husband and I received our calling. Well, I received it before he did. I received the calling to the Jewish people as a child. And that was through... Um, Basically, I grew up in the Lutheran Church. Uh, we did not, it's not that they did not believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but they were not talked about like they are here. 
And so um, I received a word for the Lord while I was reading my Bible when I was nine years old. Again, I had a dream that I was supposed to be a missionary. That's how I interpreted it. Okay, so then move fast forward a lot of years and um, married John. We went to Germany. He had stationed in Germany with the U.S. military. He had um, a vision about his calling to the Jewish people and that it was our um, responsibility to take the word of God back to the Jewish people. And then um, further on in our calling together, um, we had the opportunity to go to Belarusia. And um, at that time, um, we both felt the Lord talking to us at the same time. Um, a friend of ours, uh, and you may or may not know the name, but Jeff Bernstein was in Moscow. And he was with Jonathan Burnus. At that time, it was Hero Israel Ministries. We felt the calling to go. And so what they were doing at the time was um, Messianic Jewish music and dance festivals. So we went. And we were amazed because right away we were given a position of leadership. That just totally amazed us. And uh, from then, then on, most of you know a lot of the other part of the story, we have walked in that calling. But along the way, we were able to know if we were walking with the Lord correctly because of confirmation given by other people. We, um, we were like, Lord, are we really on the right track? Are we really supposed to be here? And other people gave us words that were confirmation that we indeed were on the right track. Lord's not just going to leave you hanging, <laughs> you know, but most of the time the confirmations that come are going to be what the Lord is already speaking to you. It's, already, it's going to be what you are already hearing from the Lord and the direction that he wants you to take. But all of the things Philip just said I agreed with, <laughs> you know. And you need to be in God's word. You need to pray in faith. You need to be quiet before him. You need to get uh, input, input. You know, if it's, if it's something that doesn't quite happen spontaneously and you're wondering about, get input. And uh, keep it short. Um, and then um, I'm also going to talk about several other categories. Okay, for the congregation, I view my gifting, yes, I have the gift of prophecy when the Lord wants me to use it. It's not like something that occurs all the time. I basically feel like my gift that I walk in all the time is the gift of faith and intercession. So, you know, for me to speak in the congregation really uh, takes a prompting, uh, a large prompting from the Lord. <laughs> And so there's one example I want to give. I have more time than I thought I did. Okay, so and, um, in, in the congregation, and I will tell you because I don't remember the date. It was during worship and praise. It was actually after worship and praise. 
and um, we were doing this song, Isaiah 46. Okay, by Shane and Shane. Okay, that was part of our worship. And all of a sudden, I was in the dance circle, and we were all standing there, and there was silence. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, speak. I opened my mouth, and I spoke in tongues. <laughs> and um, that's unusual for me, but it can happen to anybody. And the interpretation was not in the congregation, but the Lord gave me the interpretation. And then there were two or three others that also spoke. My word was about breaking chains. And then there were two or three others who spoke as well about the same thing. I'm just giving that as like an example of what Philip was talking about. And there may have been others who had the same word. That would be normal. Um, another time was at a conference, actually twice at a conference. Um, and I don't know, it was a dance circle again, you know, Amber. Uh, but at a conference, and I received a word, and there were two or three prophecies already given before I could make it to the mentor, you know. <laughs> and, and I just felt Lord telling me, save it for the congregation. So I did. I wrote it down, and I saved it for the congregation. Um, the Lord can speak to you in words. He can speak to you in pictures. Um, he can speak to you in visions. Just um, the thing that you really need to do is, a question I was supposed to ask today is, how is your walk with the Lord? How is your walk with the Lord personal? You know, are you willing to let the Lord use you in this way? Do you desire it? Um, there's another thing I want to talk about, um, and this will be very general. Um, a word of correction. I've only given one word of correction in my life that I know of, you know, that I felt was, you know, truly from the Lord, and I didn't want to give it. <laughs> that was the basic line. I did not want to give it. I sat on it for at least a week. Then I contacted the person and wanted to do this in private. And um, so I finally did it in private um, to the best of my ability. It was not as private as I would have liked. <laughs> I found out later. Uh, so anyway, um, when you're giving a word, you have to judge it. Was it going along with God's word, because another thing I want to leave you with is God's never going to tell you anything, and he's not going to have you give anything that is outside of God's word. There may be different words, but the principles will be his word. And so I had to evaluate that, and yes, it was, and it was a hard word, but I gave it as gently and with as much humility as I could, and it was received. And I was asked, well, what does this mean? I did not have that information. So I could not go further with it. I wish I could, you know, could have done that, but I just really, really couldn't do that because I didn't have that information. I didn't know what it meant to that person. So um, 
let's see, to reiterate what I said, confirmations will usually be a confirmation of something that you already know or that the Lord is already speaking to you. Sometimes it, you know, a word might be, might be new and get to thinking, you know, have you thinking in the right direction of what the Lord wants you to do. But he will not leave you hanging. And for the congregation, um, yeah, don't be afraid to speak if the Lord gives you something. Um, and, you know, Philip is here. There are others here that you can go to for, um, you know, for input, you know, to know if that is, so that is correct. And are there any questions? Thank you, thank you, Robertson and Annette. Um, uh, I feel like Zach and Amber. I'd like to invite you guys to come up next. I didn't warn the or tell the people, individuals, in what order I was going to bring them up here, but just feeling that you guys are the next to, to share. So you're on. Your mic is on. Okay, I'll try and be brief, but I have three things I want to share. The first story is about giving a word, in my experience. The second one is about listening to God and not the person I was talking to. And the third one uh, is a short story about building my faith. <coughs> so about a month and a half ago, on December 31st, pretty sure, um, when, excuse me, when Steve and Pam Geis were here. Um, oh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Okay, sorry. On December 31st, when Steve and Pam Geist were here, um, again, in the worship circle, we were dancing, and um, I felt like God said that he wanted me to get the flags that I use today, the transformed flags, and um, I didn't want to get out. They were still in the pew, not over here, so I was like, I don't want to disturb anything, so I didn't do it, but then they started playing that last song again, and I was like, I'm going to go get it right now, so I went and got it, and I danced with those flags for a minute, and it was good, and I thought that was it. But then at the very, very end of worship, I started praying in tongues, which was a recently acquired gift of the Lord. And so I started praying in tongues, and I really felt like I was supposed to say something that had to do with those flags. And I was nervous, and I hesitated. So I sat down. But then something happened when Stephen was giving his teaching, and Stephen said something, and I don't even know what he said, but I knew I had to speak. God's like, are you listening to me now? I'm telling you, I want you to say something. And I was like, okay. Um, so I texted Philip. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to like go around and talk to him. So I just sent him a quick text. I was like, I've got a word. What do I do? And so he asked for a brief explanation what it was. So I told him real quick, it's about this. And he's like, okay, keep it simple. And I was like, right. Okay, so then I started writing down a few quick notes. I wrote some things down. I just thought about it. I was like, okay, God, what else? Is there something more? Is there something more? What else do you want me to say? So I wrote a few things down. And, when I, and the big thing I kept telling myself was, don't give any stories. Don't give anything personal. Just say what God says. Don't explain it. Like, I just had to keep telling myself over and over. I'm like, oh, this story. Oh, th no, no. Just keep it simple. <laughs> so I did. I got up. I think it was two minutes and I was done, and there were things that I wrote down that I didn't even say. I'm like, okay, so 
just because there's more that you're given doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to say it all. So that was my quick story about um, experiencing that for the first time. Um, so that was interesting. Um, quick story about listening to God and not the person. A lot of times someone will come up to you and say, will you pray for me? Or will you do this for me? This one particular person called and asked me to help her with deliverance, which is casting out demons. And so I'm like, all right, tell me what's going on. And I was totally willing and ready to do this. I'd done it with her before. And um, she was explaining what was going on and what she wanted. And there was something she said that I felt a click, a negative click in what she said. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. And so I prayed for her. And I tried to do deliverance. And I tried to cast out the demon. And I was like, I don't think this is working. I think something else is going on. And so I started to tell her. I moved into prophecy. And so the gifts of the Spirit can kind of go hand in hand, but I had to listen to the Lord and what he was saying and what God wanted to do with her. She didn't need delivered. She thought she did, but she didn't need delivered. She needed something else. She needed a little bit of guidance. She needed a word of wisdom. She needed a little bit of prophecy to get her going in the right direction because she had the wrong focus. And so listening to God and what God wants to do in the moment is important. One more quick story about uh, building up my faith. Um, Lisa and Philip and Zach and I and some others, we do this discipleship kind of teaching online on Monday nights. And um, <clears throat> it's kind of a controlled environment over Zoom, and she's teaching us and training us, and this was a prophecy night. And she, so we've got, you know, 70 people on Zoom, and we've got all the little squares on the screen, and... Um, she asked, okay, who has a word for someone else? Anybody else? And so I heard a name in my head. And I don't know everybody on there, but I know a lot of people. So I started scrolling through, trying to find that name, looking through three pages of Zoom squares, trying to find the name, and I didn't find it. I was like, okay, God, where are they? And he said, they're not there. I was like, how am I supposed to give a word to someone who's not here? I don't get it. This is not right. Um... So I was like, okay, well, what do you want me to say about this person? And he gave me a quick two-word sentence. I was like, okay. So I raised my hand, and I was like, I have a word. And she's like, okay, who's it for? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> she's like, okay, give us the word. <laughs> when you know people, you might think you have a word, and you're really just seeing something and discerning something about their life. So for me, this was a very, very big faith moment because I was able to say, okay, I, I told them, I have a word for this person, but they're not here. And God told me that they're not on here. She's like, okay, what's the word? And so I gave the word. It was two, two words, literally, a, a two-word sentence. And um, the moderator who does this class says, okay, does anybody on here, does that resonate with anybody? And one person raised their hand. And they said it was their daughter-in-law. And, um, and the, the moderator was able to speak a little bit more into it on what she interpreted that that meant. And that really built my faith because I was listening to the Lord. I heard correctly. I stepped out in faith. And it built my faith that I was hearing from the Lord and that it wasn't just me seeing something in someone's life and thinking it's the Lord and putting my own words into it. 
So that was really wonderful. So giving a word, listening to God, and building your faith is very important. <clears throat> so when I was praying this week about um, a lot of the different things that have been important for me in terms of lessons of learning to walk in the prophetic, I actually felt like Philip's teaching covered quite a bit of it. So y'all definitely should go back and listen to it again. <clears throat> um, so, um, so there's a few kind of really big ones uh, for me. Um, so one is um, don't stop listening once you've heard something. Okay? And, and this was, it, it, I'm kind of walking an example here. Um, because even this week, um, in terms of operating in the prophetic, you want to give God the opportunity to speak and say what he's going to say. And, and so I was praying a lot after, you know, Philip giving us some guidance of, hey, I want you guys to share, and I was praying about it. And I had different times this week where God shared things with me, told me things, and I kept praying, and I kept praying. And now that I'm here... I will tell you that there's some of the things that God shared with me this week that it's not actually the time to share it. That's, it's not, because I've kept listening and I kept paying attention. God, what do you want to say today? What do you want to say today? Because some of it has to do with the context, who's here, what is... And that's the point of keeping listening, is you're entering into God's presence and God wants to speak to you right here in the here and now. And if you're actually listening, then you can listen to him in the here and now. Okay, so I continue to pray. What does God want to do? Continue to pray. And, um, and so I think God likes to do object lessons. And so what I started to realize as I was praying is that God has set me up to be an object lesson for you today. I felt like I needed to dress up really nice today. I couldn't explain why. I just did. Okay, had a, happened to have a rose that I, I bought roses last night, and I, and I put one in my, and so I'm an object lesson for you today. And then we come into Torah study, and I see God saying things through Torah study. And so there's a second lesson here that's really important, and I'm going to demonstrate it here, okay, that this needs to be under authority. He talked about, Philip talked about um, prophetic moderators and things like that. So I'm going to demonstrate for you a key thing about giving prophecy, Philip. I believe there's a word that the Lord wants, to get, wants me to give from the Torah portion today. Can I share that? Right? So being under authority that, so that you have permission to share that with the congregation. So that's both, in, that's both in corporate context but also in personal context that you need to get the permission from the other person. Right? To share that with them. So, so here is what I believe the Lord is saying today. It comes from Exodus 33. Then Adonai said to Moses, now this is just after the golden calf. Then Adonai said to Moses, leave, get out of this place, you and the people that you have brought up out of the land of Egypt into the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to your seed. I will send an angel before you. I will drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Head up into a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not move within the midst of you so that I do not destroy you along the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. And I believe what the Lord is saying here is he will give you blessings, but is his presence among you? Is his presence among you? 
and walking in the prophetic and operating in the gifts of the Spirit, it's about his presence being among you. We're blessed. We have this building. We have this land. We own it. The building's paid off. Just as he said, I'll send the angel ahead of you and I will give you that land, but I won't go with you. Walking in prophecy is about entering into his presence. Now, when the people heard these dreadful words, God saying, I won't go with you, they mourned and no one put on any ornaments. And Adonai said to B'nai Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. If I were going up among you for one moment, I would consume you. Take off your ornaments so that I may consider what to do to you. So B'nai Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments on Mount Horeb. This is the object lesson that the Lord wants you to see today. He wants you to understand what it means to walk in his presence and to come before him. He wants you to know to repent that it's about being in his presence, that all of the ornaments, that all of the things, that all of the things that seem like blessing have nothing to do with his presence. Nothing to do with his presence. And when you feel the Lord, what did he say? You might say, it feels like it's over. God said, no, I'm not going to go with you. What did Moses do? Moses said, <clears throat> so Moses said to Adonai, this is later in the chapter, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with, with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my eyes. Now then, I pray, if I have found grace in your eyes, show me your ways that I may know you, so that I might find favor in your sight. Consider also that this nation is your people. God says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest, he answered. And then, this leads into the scene where God has Moses on the mountain and puts his hand over him. So later in chapter 34, then Adonai passed before him and proclaimed, Adonai, Adonai, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth, showing mercy to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means leaving the guilty unpunished, but bringing the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So Moses' response was that even when God felt like he was pushing back, he pressed in, and God was merciful. Then Moses quickly bowed his head down to the earth and worshipped. He said, if now I have found grace in your eyes, my Lord, let my Lord please go within our midst. Even though this is a stiff-necked people, pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your own inheritance." It is about us having the attitude to press into God's presence. Press in. Even when it looks like God is pulling back, press in, and he will have mercy. That is, that is another big lesson for me in the prophetic, and to share with you today as an object lesson. Press in and keep going. Okay. I just wanted to share some examples from my life. First, I'll talk about 
some times when I have received prophetic words, um, and then I'll talk about some times when I have given some. So uh, the, the first example of when I have received a word was when in this congregation when we had guest speakers, and they asked if anyone would like prayer to come up, and I, I didn't necessarily feel like I needed prayer for something specific, but I kind of felt the unction to go up. Um, and they were praying over me, and they actually said, we're sensing this from the Lord, and, and he told me something, and I was like, no, it's, it doesn't match. Um, I'm sorry, it doesn't match, but they're like, okay, well, that's all right, and they kept praying and blessing me, and other things they said did, did really edify me, but that thing that just didn't match kind of just hung in there, and so I kind of shelved it, but, and I'd talk to Philip about it, and I'd be like, it just doesn't make sense. In the most logical way, it doesn't make sense. Um, but I found that as time went on, that that was not revealed to be a, an untruth. It was revealed to be, it fits in this way. And, and it made more sense, and it gave me courage to step forward in a way that I didn't know that I even needed healing or whatever it was. Um, so my encouragement there is sometimes you might get something you're like, eh, but don't be too quick to discount it because God might be teaching you something that isn't as obvious as you think it should be. <coughs> and my second thing about receiving prophetic words, actually, Annette talked a little bit about it, is actually from prophetic dreams. I have a lot of dreams that are just weird or cool or whatever, but there are times that I wake up that I know that I know that I know that this came from the Lord. And these are the hardest ones for me because um, I don't get an interpretation. And I'm not like, well, is this going to play out in this certain way? And so I'm waiting for that to play out. Or is it just God is telling me a story and I need to learn the truth, much like I will tell my children a story so they can get the idea. And, um, and so those are the hardest ones for me because not, they're not necessarily for anyone else. It's like God's giving me a prophetic word for myself. And I can't always interpret those. And so those are the hardest ones for me to wrestle with because I don't ever feel like I reach a conclusion with it. Um, some times when I have given prophetic words, <coughs> excuse me, uh, there was one time where a friend of mine was really struggling through some things and she needed an ear to listen, so I was a good ear. And she was just really, things were heavy on her heart and all of this stuff. And she goes through this long thing of all of the really hard things. And I was looking out the window, and it was winter or something. And, and she's done, and she turns to me and she says, what do you think? And I'm like, uh-oh. Because the, the only thing in my brain was going to prove that I wasn't listening to her. Okay? And, and so I was like, eh. And she's like, no, really, what's on your mind? And I, so I was like, I'm just going to say it, even though I'm going to be a bad friend. Because I'd been looking out the window. I said, I'm thinking that if, there were if the trees had leaves right now, I couldn't see the birds. And I was like, that was dumb. <coughs> but she just, like, it was an arrow to her heart for whatever reason. I still don't get it. She'll still reference it. And I'm like, I don't get it.
So that was one time when I just had to step out in faith and say what God had put in my heart, even though it didn't make sense. All right, Lord, please take that tickle away. Uh, giving of gifts. Okay, um, so the, the second one I want to talk about is um, at a conference, in one of the Tukun conferences, I just felt the, a word of the Lord very heavy, like physically. I, it was like, I was to the point where I'm like, I either needed to call a cardiologist or God is speaking to me and I need to, I need to get it out. I need to get it out. <laughs> It's terrible. But now that I know what it is, I don't, I'm not so concerned. But he gave me a word to share with the entire congregation of people I don't know. <coughs> yes, but I can't get rid of this tickle. No, I don't want to choke on it while I'm talking. That would be bad. Okay, but anyway, there were five footholds that the Lord gave me that I was to call out in the people. Yeah, and, and I talked to the moderator. I said, this is what I'm seeing. These are the things that I need to call out. And he said, okay, don't add to it. Just go up there and say it. And I said, okay. So I get up there, and I say it, and I said, these are the footholds. A, B, C, D. I think I'm done. Like, my mind blanked on the fifth one. And I, was, I sat down, and I was like, oh, I can't believe I forgot one of them. What did I forget? And it was fear. I'm like, that's such a big one. And, and then I felt God say, that's yours. Um, and so it was just one of those instances where like, my mind just blanked when I was in front of people. And I just have to trust that the Lord is the one putting the words in my mouth. And he actually had a purpose for me forgetting something because he needed to tell me that I had a, I had a foothold in my life that I needed to deal with. And that was fear. So that was another one. And the third example I wanted to give about giving a prophetic word was at the youth retreat last year. Um, this is a retreat, hundred of teenagers that I don't know from anybody. And um, on one of the last days, I'm pretty happy just hanging out in the back and letting the teens have their teaching and their worship. But one of the, <clears throat> one of the leaders of the conference came up to me and another woman during worship excuse me, I was doing good, and, and said, I believe that the two of you have a blessing to share with this group. And I immediately knew it to be true. Like, I had something from the Lord, even though I had nothing from the Lord yet. Um, I didn't know, I didn't have a preconceived idea, but I knew in my spirit that, yes, I do have something to share. And, and so it was like walking up the aisle, you know, to give this blessing that, that the man asked me to give. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I have nothing. I said, Lord, everything you want me to say and nothing more. You know, it's just like, because I have nothing. So we get up there, and this lady, she speaks a word from the Lord that is beautiful and a blessing and encouragement. And as she's speaking, I'm starting to get a vision in my mind of, like, a stage set that's facade, but no substance, no foundation. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, this is not a blessing. And, and I just had to go with it because that's what the Lord was giving me. And so what came out was not a blessing but a rebuke, a correction. And 
Um, and and it, was, it, was, it was another difficult one, but I really truly believe I said everything I needed to say and nothing more. And it wasn't real pretty. It wasn't a blessing. Um, and I went to the back when we were done, and that's when I started to get so nervous because I had not done the thing that the man had asked me to do. I had not blessed these kids. I had rebuked them. And, uh, and he did say, he was like, no, you said exactly what they needed. Um, and so that was just another instance where you have to say what God is saying um, and nothing more. So that's my, my prayer when the Lord starts to speak to me is exactly that. It's like, I want your timing, I want your heart, I want your words, I don't want mine. Um, because otherwise it's just going to be tainted. It's not going to be received in its pureness. Um, and so that's my heart's desire um, for, for how God would give me that gift of prophecy as he wills. Thank you, Annette, Zach, and Amber, and Lisa, for what you're sh- you shared. I hope that uh, their stories, um, their experiences were encouraging to you, and just kind of helping you understand some more practically how uh, the prophetic gifting may operate um, in your lives. And, and you may have an experience, too. You may uh, have some things that you'd like to share, and I would love to hear them. Um, uh, we're not going to share them in with the whole congregation right now, but if you have something you'd like to share, certainly I, I would love to hear, and, uh, and maybe that will be a, a story that we can share at another time to really encourage the rest of the congregation um, in, in the prophetic. But uh, I, I hope that these messages, um, this understanding of the prophetic um, has been edifying to you, but now we want to go and... and do, okay? Uh, I don't want you to just be like, well, yep, good, I've learned about the prophetic, now let's move on to the next spiritual gift, and I'll learn a lot about that too. Sounds good. No, that's not the point. Um, If all we're doing is learning and never operating, never never doing, um, I think you've missed an understanding of why you're here. Uh, And so we want to allow God to use us. So uh, that's my encouragement and my exhortation for you is to, <clears throat> to be pursuing God and walking with him in faithfulness and seeking these things out, pursuing the gift of the prophetic in the ways that we've talked about um, those, these last few weeks and, uh, and being ready to step out in the opportunities that he puts before you. Um, and and don't, be, don't be afraid if you feel like here in the setting of the congregation. I want you to make sure that you know that um, the we are open and ready to share uh, a prophetic um, gift with, in a, with the congregation. Um, so uh, making sure that you understand that you, if God gives you something while you're here and you feel like it's for the entire group, that that, uh, that may be something that we can do. Um, I, we are not shut off to that. In fact, we encourage it um, I, because I believe that God is going to speak to us in, in these ways. So um, but it's not just a corporate thing. It's also something that person to person God God gives us as we minister to others, and not just inside these walls, but throughout the week. Okay, that that this is something that that uh, God can give to us. Um, so 
Just want to encourage you in that, and I, I hope you are encouraged. I hope you're uh, excited and as you, we're pursuing these gifts together. So we're going to stop there today um, in our teaching.